0: Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Chilling with Jens Cooling United Live Wrap-Up is a recording of a live webcast Discussions on what we heard during the Cooling United live two days event. The talks and discussions are here and there, interrupted by written comments from the listeners. The Triple J's, Jörg, John and Jens, are discussing, among other things, megatrends, infrastructures, urbanization, resource and infrastructure requirements, and the conscious, decentralized centralization, while also commenting on the comments from the listeners. Much of the talk is about food, the shopping, distribution, and handling of food in general. You can also watch all the Cooling United Live recordings at coolingunitedlive.com. Thank you. We have York from the Global t- Applications team and uh, oh. on the, at the bottom, <laughs> not the least, uh, we have <laughs> John Broughton from the Global a- Applications team as well. We're going to sort of discuss what we have uh, seen, what we've been uh, listening to for the last two days. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things we just uh, had a, a very informal chat about was uh, some of the mega trends. And York, uh, you had uh, something about uh, cities and infrastructures and electrification, etc. Uh, what is your take what What have you sort of gained from from the last two days in that respect
1: well um, that of course these are pretty strong trends. everybody kind of knows and has has probably noticed that more and more people live in cities. cities become bigger, larger, and that's why we have more and more people living in cities. So that's that's one pretty strong trend. And to to support all that we need of course a physical infrastructure, either to to get people around, to get food for people around, other supplies into into the cities. That's the physical infrastructure. And of course we need to have I call it a non-physical data, energy, whatever, infrastructure. I know there are cables and stuff like that. Yeah, but um, you don't carry data with a truck around. I mean, it's it's on a cable, but you need a lot of infrastructure there as well. And all of that runs on electricity and more and more transport runs on electricity as well there were quite a lot of discussions about that how how all that is somewhat connected because at least that's my learning and impression nothing of that stands alone everything is somehow connected with each other and has an influence on
2: something else. Don't know about you, John. What What do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll just make a comment before we before I an- answer your question, Jörg, Um Just to say hello to uh, Yazid who has joined, and we're here to also an- answer your questions. So if you have any questions, please put them in the chat, oh, and yeah. we'll do our best to uh, answer them. And hi, and also, um, so yog Yeah, just coming back to your 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 sort of question about uh, the. Uh, big trends that we see in our business and, and sort of globally. Um, yeah, I mean, the urbanization of the world is, uh, you know, transforming greatly. A lot of people are moving from the countryside into the cities. So we, so we see these mega trends, which, which, you know, has a huge impact on, on all the resources that we need to make our um, life function, I guess. So the buildings, the cars, the delivery, the refrigeration, the food, you know, all of that becomes quite uh, centralised, I guess. And will that, you know, how will that progress over the coming decade? Um, I guess it only gets better or worse it depends what's clusters better and what's clusters worse but i think more and more people will you know move to urban areas rather than the, the countryside areas i guess which then puts a, a huge um not not strain on resource but you need the resources there to you know provide for the life i guess
0: well uh, this this idea of 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 moving out of the urban area or oh, sorry to the uh, urban area actually at least here in denmark we've seen a trend going towards uh, summer houses yes it's 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 only uh, preliminary housing so to speak but it's it's uh, i take that as a trend towards getting at least for a for a for a period out of the the city to you know get rid of uh, people uh, contaminating the air with covid and whatever <laughs> but uh, i don't know uh, you 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 still see that as as a as a urbanization trend despite uh, the latest uh, things with uh, covid-19
1: yeah um, to me that that's that 's an interesting point that you bring up, yes, there is the convenience of living in a city. You have everything nearby, whatever you need as as you mentioned John and um, then there is the nice part of going out of that city from time to time and have a place if possible to go to to relax a bit of of not having everybody around you. <clears throat> but the, most of the time it's really the convenience of of an urban area. It doesn't necessarily need to be the city center, but more of an urban area where you have a metro, a bus connection, where you where you have fast internet connections, where you might not need to think about your own heat supply for your mm. house because you might be connected to a district heating network yeah. mm. and, and stuff like that. So it's it's really a lot of comfort thinking and you mm. don't need to, to commute to get to your, your place of work. But I mean, I don't, you, you see I'm sitting at home right now as probably many others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, there are, there are still a lot of people who, who have, cannot do their work from home i mean if mm. if somebody in the supermarket works from home it gets a bit difficult to to run a supermarket right mm.
2: yeah no I guess that that that's true yog and I guess when we talk about urbanization as as you said it's not it's not just the big city i mean what what you see in a lot of places now is that the actual city center is still the uh center of the city but people move out to the the suburbs if you like um, but those suburb areas are are serviced by the supermarkets by the gyms by the the, the, the the shops so it's a it's a collection of urban areas and one thing that that struck me particularly when I was um, away traveling last year and the year before in Australia and also New Zealand to a degree is that it wouldn't be a Town centre or a city centre, but there would be an, an an area of all the local shops that that you would need or services every you know so many kilometers so that that would service that particular neighborhood of shops mm-hmm. um, and I see that also in the u k now with the new housing estates that uh, you know pop up is that there is always a shop there 's always a a gym there 's a coffee shop there 's a blah blah that that sort of uh, and, and that, as we said, is still the urbanization of the environment because you bring the resources to where they're needed. And, mm. and you know, that, that has a huge impact on, on our business in the refrigeration <coughs> world because you need to get the refrigerated food to, uh, you know, many different places now rather than just the central location as it used to be for the city maybe
0: yeah a, a sort of a decentralized centralization if you could put it that way <laughs> wow, maybe a silly a way one. of doing it but, but uh, i mean uh, i guess it also uh, will enhance the uh, the uh, effectiveness of of energy savings right i mean uh, now uh, supermarkets has been mentioned a couple of times now and we all uh, especially here at danfoss know about uh, 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 re cycling energy so to speak so um I, I i guess it it makes sense to have some sort of of centralization of source but still maybe in a in a in a in a local area rather than in a huge big city or mm, no
1: i agree with that to... um, you in in the beginning when we started talking a bit and yes, you mentioned COVID nineteen and and all all the stuff in the city center and summer house and so on and we talk about supermarkets. There's a question that came in from Rana as far as I can see, saying how is the frozen food market affected by COVID nineteen? Uh, honestly? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I can only imagine something, but I don't have any numbers to back that up or, or any studies I've seen. All I can imagine is that it has an influence in a way that there are more people looking into frozen food because um, there is no canteen they go to because they don't. the office is closed. Maybe not, not that many restaurants they go to. And uh, that's that's probably why they why that has an influence on the frozen food market.
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah, I would agree, Jörg, with that. And there's been some statistics that I've seen in the UK, and and I I can't go to the percentages, but I know that the general market. down here. I'm I'm back in a second. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the the. Uh, production of frozen food and the demand for for food generally, but but frozen food in particular, I know from the UK has you know skyrocketed, because people are very concerned that uh, you know we enter lockdowns etc. So you know the frozen food market is great. You buy it frozen, you can store it at, at home for an almost indefinite period. So uh, I would say it's it's had a let's say positive increase um, and. Alan has asked a question to you, Jörg, a little bit more, so I'll let you answer that. Yeah,
1: or um, probably not a question, but but uh, <laughs> Alan has has sent that comment. Yeah, we know that the transport market is down due to COVID. Road transport is harder hit than reefer containers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's true. Road transport is hit quite a bit on that one. Yeah that's that's absolutely correct yeah and then um, thanks for mentioning all that Ellen that we have these double digits going down on the road transport and single digits for reefer containers Um, difficult to say exactly why that is there are probably many many reasons for that and they all combine into that effect here but um, Jens, I would like to, to bend the, the conversation around a bit again, coming back to East your questions yeah. where you said, what about energy efficiency and so on? And then we hear about electrification a lot. And that fits, in my opinion, to, to the summer house again. <laughs> I mean, in the summer house, probably a very long time ago, there might have been a gas-fired heating system or whatever with a, with a gas bottle and you turned that on when you came to your summer house. And then people said, ah, more convenient might be something that is electricity so I don't have to change the gas bottles all the time. And it was just an electric heater, mm. which is pretty yeah. convenient. And now that electric heater can easily be replaced by, an, by a heat pump. Yeah, air to so, air heat pump which yeah. all of a sudden saves a lot of energy by providing the same comfort mm. and even more because the heater can heat but it cannot yeah. cool a reversible air to air unit can even do cooling if you have that very hot Danish summer
0: sometimes it happens <laughs> it happens <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, that, that's like the UK summer as well. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Uh, but but, uh, Alan, uh, your your comments actually triggered something in the head of me, and and maybe it's my strange uh, head that is working in funny ways. But I was just thinking about COVID again, uh, and and where it uh, allegedly came from, because that's apparently all still discussed. Uh, the wet markets, uh, especially in Asia, South Asia. Um, they are there because there are no cooling or freezing. If you get my sort of uh, drift, um, mm-hmm. where where I mean, it it could actually be, or maybe I, it's a hope from my side that we could actually reduce the number of of, of uh, wet markets uh, when we introduce uh, a better food. Quality uh, possibilities in those regions as well. If if you know what I'm trying to say, mm. I think so,
1: and that fits perfectly to a statement that comes from Anil that we got, which says in India, large supermarket never came in vogue and probably will not. An unmissable trend of online stores is seen. And that should lead to an alternative model. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yes, and I think that's seen everywhere that, that you see these online food supplies coming up and, and of course, you know that I'm not talking about somebody um, shows you a carrot on the screen. Um, I mean that that you cannot eat that, but you can order online, and then mm. the food gets somehow transported to you, or you pick it up somewhere. That there are different different models there, but yes like in the non-food market for books for example or almost any other non-food item that you can order online nowadays mm-hmm. it seems that there is a change going on for food as well how big that's going to be let's let's see but there's quite a lot of that
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, as you say, Yog, that is a, a global trend. It doesn't matter which region or country you're in. Online shopping for yeah. anything is, uh, you know, growing exponentially. And I think food... Is you know no no different to that. Um, I've seen in the UK, I've seen in Europe, where you can have your food delivered to your house. Um, I've seen it where you can have a, a uh, like a fridge that is outside your property, that the delivery guy comes and puts your you yeah. know, groceries in. Right. Um, and I don't know, he has a key or a digit pad or something, uh, and he can load that, and then you then take it in the house when you come home from work. Um, I've also seen similar things mostly in Europe where it's a centralized sort of fridge, I guess, um, and it has a compartment and that that's yours, but it's in a central block. Um, and the same thing, the delivery driver comes in, puts the product in, and then you pick it up at a, a later stage. Um, there's also the pickup stations at the large supermarkets or in other central hubs where you go and you pick up your, you know, Shopping, So uh, there's so many different variants of that now, and I can only see that going one way, and that is eventually that, you know, you won't physically have a shop anymore. Um, You will literally just, everything will will come to you somehow. Um, A a good good topic from uh, um, Meta, online shopping was forced, it's not wanted. I'm one of those strange men, Meta, that (laughs) I like shopping. Um, which my wife finds extremely strange. but um, And Jörg will know this, and and I know this from Jörg. We spent some time in India, and we actually spent about an hour in a grocery store just looking around at everything because we like shopping. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know. There is a part of the population that loves online shopping. There's a part of the population that, you know, hates it. Um, or dislikes it maybe hate is a very strong word um <clears throat> but i think eventually you know y- you will not find a shop where you buy a product you might find a shop where you view a product but you won't buy it from the shop it'll be delivered to you um but yeah let's let's see what uh,
0: happens it's um, a good uh, question from tom hanaby um I can't quite see all of the question ah, yeah, yeah. itself.
2: Yeah, hi, Tom. Hello.
0: With that's that's Tom.
1: Food growing, the need for blast cooling and for that meta carousel storage oh, as space is a prem.
2: Premium, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, uh, agree. As As John said, I'm I'm one of these strange guys as well who who likes going to shops, food stores, and non food as well i'm sorry um, so i i don't I, I don't wanna i don't wanna be rude to anybody, but I don't get it. I like it to go to a food food <laughs> store and and uh, see my food but in around me, I have so many friends who order already food and just a week two ago i've i've been quite impressed. there came a big package and there was vegetables, there there was meat and fish inside. The vegetables just like that, and the meat and fish was packed in cold packs. So they, they had frozen packs around the meat and another one around the fish to keep that cold. And there was a, a small information in that pack, which said this pack keeps the fish cold for, I don't remember, 40 hours or anything like that, even when the sun is shining on that package. So there are going to be quite some mm. some new concepts for all mm. of that. If you don't pick it up somewhere at the, at the station where you pick it up, if you really get it delivered by post.
2: Yeah. Totally agree. And I just need to say hi to Tom because Tom said hi. So hi, Tom. Nice to see you on on the chat. Um, Yeah, totally agree with that, and I was looking into it the other day a little bit with pharmaceutical because I got a question from application guys in one of the wholesalers about pharmaceutical delivery, Uh, and that's pretty much the same thing, but they have some fantastic products in that to ensure that that medicine can travel, you know, through the uh, transport hubs, whether it's road, whether it's airline, and keep it within plus or minus uh, two degrees of a target temperature for a period of time, and some of those period of times are like 24 hours. So it, it's amazing the technology that's there um, now to make sure that the product you, uh, you know, uh, ask for online is delivered absolutely um, perfectly. So uh, yeah, I can see a lot of that happening. Um, it's
1: it's pretty interesting that that this is another good example for refrigeration that everybody uses i mean everybody almost everybody has a fridge at home many people have an air conditioning system at home in the car the air conditioning system is very normal nowadays but if you ask people who are not in in our trade in our business about refrigeration, everybody goes like, no idea um, where that might be. And if you say fridge, like, ah, yeah, there. Um, so it, it's getting normal to, to use that, to have that, to, to just have something cold, something refrigerated. It It is expected. And that's why I think it's getting more, that we see more and more refrigeration at, at different places. And that's why we need to look at energy efficiency as well to avoid that that we grow the energy demand for refrigeration too much by mm. increasing the, refri- the refrigeration demand.
2: Yeah, I, I guess that, that's a very good topic, Jörgen. I think over the last couple of days in Cooling United Live, we heard that roughly 20% of the world's electricity is used for refrigeration. Um, which is a huge number. But one thing that I found quite interesting, and we talk about the internet and online shopping and the internet of things and all those sort of topics, is that the data centers that we all use, that we don't know we use, but we use to store you know, our data or company data or whatever, that the actual energy demand from the data centers hasn't actually increased year on year on year um, because the equipment in those energy centers is becoming more and more energy efficient and mainly that's the refrigeration systems so a lot of work is being done to you know make things as energy efficient as possible and um you know as we go on and as technology gets better um then hopefully if we have this huge increase in demand for cooling which we see and there was a figure that i can't remember the amount of new air conditioning units that are sold every day uh, globally is you know, phenomenal because everybody, as you said, expects to be cold. Um, and it, it's, it's a given now. So I think there's a lot of work to be done with the energy efficiency of everything um, so that, you know, that increase in products um, doesn't necessarily mean the same increase in the energy demand.
1: Yeah. And there is there are these interesting discussions sometimes when when we talk, let's stay in Europe for a moment, about eco-design guidelines. There are eco-design guidelines for many products. Um, something that everybody in Europe knows is the normal light bulb. When the light bulb was replaced by more energy-efficient light-emitting things like an LED. Um, and... And there are these discussions out there where people say, "Yeah, but you don't really see a decrease in in energy demand due to all all these eco design things." So, do they work? In my opinion, yes, because as you said, John, we have more and more of these energy consuming products. We reduce the demand yeah. for for let's say light. But then everybody has a smartphone, one, two, maybe. Um, a laptop, uh, an iPad, or any other pet. Um, no, not necessary. An i only, um, <laughs> any other pet. So these things, they need a lot of electricity. Mm. And we still don't see a major increase. Sometimes we even mm. see a decrease. So all that works because we save energy somewhere else in refrigeration systems. You know that there are these requirements <clears throat> for for uh, cabinets, for example, in in restaurants and stores and so on, that they need to to have a certain energy efficiency. If you are below that one, you are either not able to sell it because you can't, you're not allowed to, or you need to market with a, such a low grade that everybody goes like, I'm not going to buy that. I want an a, a or B, maximum a C, but not mm-hmm. a G or an F. So it, these systems work. And of course, they put pressure on the industry to make more efficient systems. But there are interesting solutions. And sometimes the solution is that intelligent that you don't even need to pay that much more, if any.
2: Mm. No, that's a, good, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I, I mean, just, just talking about general you know, refrigeration, there is so much we can do with i mean if you think of the compressor um and you know that that's not really changed okay we've got piston we've got scroll we've got uh, uh screw um rotary you know blah 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 but the the sort of basics of compression stay the same it's still a motor and it's still some form of whether it's piston scroll rotary whatever um you know that part hasn't really changed i mean okay Mm -hmm. we've got absorption chillers and things like that but the the basic mechanics of refrigeration haven't really changed um You know, we've still got uh, the compressor, we've still got a condenser, we've still got an expansion device, still got an evaporator. And there's only so much work we can do to make that as energy efficient as possible before the cost goes, you know, uh, very, very high. And then nobody buys the product unless you're forced down that route by the legislative powers. Um, So there becomes another interesting sort of topic to say, okay, yes, we can make this very, very efficient, but... Uh, it's going to be three times the cost.
1: Yeah, th- there's you know. certainly a limit to to that one, of course. Um, mm. And I fully understand that. I mean, as a consumer, if I can save five euros a year on energy costs, but I need to pay 600 euros more for that product, I probably don't live that long mm. um, to be able <laughs> and, uh, even if the product would last that long yeah. so uh, that's yeah. that's pretty clear but um, <clears throat> on on the other hand, if you go for a micro channel for example mm. micro channel heat mm. exchanger as a condenser if you do that in an intelligent way if you use that one you you might have a lower pressure drop on on the fan side you can save a little bit of fan speed reduce your condensing. Pressure and condensing temperature, and make the system more efficient, and maybe even even save some money because you use that micro channel. So sometimes there are really good solutions there, mm. and we just need to to find the good points here. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, can I can I just answer at least
1: two yeah,
0: uh, questions? Yeah. I yep. got I got a, a sidekick from Alan. Uh, thank you, Alan. And the answer is no. <laughs> uh, uh, but then Meta is uh, kind of raising a, a, a funny question now. Well, funny. I don't know if it's funny as such, but the 5G coming along, uh, whether you like it or not, uh, I think the efficiency, energy efficiency will be the same, more or less. I don't think it will hurt anything uh, in terms of energy uh, consumption, uh, the 5G. Uh, the only thing that that happens with 5G is that you raise the um, the uh, the frequencies quite high. And yes, traditionally it it will hurt your uh, processor. But uh, I think the efficiency of the professor, uh, processors uh, these days are actually uh, okay. So I don't think it'll it'll increase the the uh, Energy efficiency. Mm.
1: I, I cannot say too much about that, apart from a very unqualified uh, remark that I've been on a private aircraft and the guy who flew the aircraft did a turn, and that that put four G on us. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a small G. So um, that hurt me far more than than my battery in the phone. But I don't know ah. about five G. So sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. Uh. Yeah, no, it's a a good subject, Jens, and I'm no expert by any means. But I think it's like most things. As technology gets better, then, yes, the processor might have to work faster for 5G, but it's more energy efficient than the processor was for 4G. So it cancels it out maybe, but, again, not not an expert for sure. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Talking of five G and the the IoT again, coming back to things like that, you know, then we have if we talk about our business, you know, refrigeration, um, maybe we get to a point where we have devices out there that are, you know, self-learning, self-communicating uh, on something like five G. So uh, that sort of step in technology. Uh, you know, might make changes to our business as as well. I mean, you know, in the past when I was much younger, you had a refrigeration system. It either worked or it didn't work. You only found out when it stopped working it, when the temperature rose. Now we have the, uh, you know, connectivity on a lot of sites um, via IP or a GSM um, that can, you know, pre-warn that your temperature is increasing. Um Will 5G then take that to another level? That's a a good topic as well. You know, who knows what we will have in another five years or 10 years. Um, If you look back in history, um, you know, the iPhone, it's only been around for X number of years. And now it's just a, a given that you have that technology at your fingertips.
1: Agree, and that's that's an interesting point you you mentioned, John. Um, there was a time when it was clear either the system is down or not, because the temperature was too high in the code room, for example. But then it was too late already. Mm. Now you get the information a bit earlier not when the alarm um, rings because um, an ambulance comes around the corner to to pick a customer up from a restaurant because the food was spoiled, but you get the alarm already a bit earlier from the sensor which says, mm, it's getting too slowly, too warm here, but still in, in a safe area. Of course, all that probably changes the, the the daily life of an installer a lot as well or a service guy. Mm-hmm who drives around there and maybe we have, we have somebody online here listening. Uh, if, if, if you want throw a, throw in some, some points that you experience, how that is for you on in your daily life, what changes you see due to either this connectivity or maybe the, the new refrigerants and stuff like that. Or if you want to bend our discussion a bit in a different direction, just, um, throw us some crumbs here and we pick them up.
2: Yeah, that sounds good. And Meta, you have put a nice comment on the chat. So uh, thank you. Uh, You love Danfoss Company and so are Danfoss best product systems I've ever worked with. So that's a a very nice thing to say. So appreciate that greatly. Uh, And that's why we do this job is, uh, you know, for the comments like that. Um, But yeah, really interested to see how it is in the real world. We sit, uh, you know, I spend time on site so does Jörg uh, and, and Jens. We do a lot of training material for the installers out there. And we we hope we uh, think that, uh, you know, what the life is like out there in the real world. Um, but then I sort of come back to that, that topic before of, you know, to my understanding now, time is everything to the installer. Um, incredibly busy. And I think that's the world... Generally, everybody wants everything now. nobody can wait anymore and I think that 's the uh, uh, the internet that has sort of made life like that when I was you know much smaller if you wanted something, you saved up your pennies and you bought it um, and you had to go to a physical shop to buy it whereas now yeah i 'd like that click it 's done, you buy it on credit no. No problems. And I think that is the way now for the installers. The customer wants everything now, doesn't want to wait for it. Um, why is it not working? Fix it. You know, everything is is in, incredibly um, immediate, I think. And we see that from the wholesalers, um, you know, point of view. You can order something at five o'clock at night. It's there for you at nine o'clock the next morning. Um, and when i go back to when i was on the tools which is a, a few years ago now um life was a little bit more uh, relaxed i would say for when i was an, an installer yes things had to work but if something didn't work or if something broke there was that understanding that yes it's mechanical and things do break and we can fix things but it takes a bit of time whereas now it's you know why is it broken it shouldn't break we need it now and uh <clears throat> I think that is only going to get worse, if you like, not better.
1: Uh, yeah, and and the expectation, and I, I have that expectation as well, goes strongly into the direction that it does not break or it breaks only if it has given me a pre-warning. Take your car. I mean, is anybody of us still checking whether the oil level is okay or not? In the car, before you do a 200-kilometer or 500-kilometer trip, you just jump into your car, you start it, you go, right? And you expect that the oil indicator comes up when, when you miss a bit oil. And that should come up far before the engine dies. And that's, that's stuff that comes more and more in other areas as well and for refrigeration systems it's it's the same so if you go to a supermarket and you you simply expect as a supermarket owner that you get a pre warning that one of your cabinets starts to become too warm it might still be working but you you want to have a warning which says you need to look at at my cabinet here because that might fail sooner or later
2: Cheers, Anil, just to say goodbye. So, you know, thank you're you, Anil. Signing off. Sorry, Yogg, to uh, jump in. Um, so, yeah, appreciate the uh, nice comments. And I think that was a good one for you, Jens, that Anil put up to say that he loves all the, the online presence and the training material that we do. So, uh, yeah, yeah thank thanks you. for that. Thank you, Anil. And Meta, you put a… <laughs> I will answer the comment from Meta first Um, you said that life is still uh, yeah crazy in the service tech world and uh, I can't see the comment that you wrote before for some reason the chat has uh, sort of Refreshed itself a little bit, but uh, yeah, you said it's basically still crazy, which is as I I understand. So uh, yeah, maybe you can expand on that a little bit, Meta. That would be good. And uh, Lars, thank you for your for your comment regarding a certain German car. Um, I know exactly where you're coming from on that one.
1: Or is that the driving style? Last, oh, just joking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it could be. Uh... No 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 of course it's not the driving style.
0: Uh, no yeah. no way. Thank, thank you Meta. Uh,
2: <clears throat> yeah but
1: um we we just had had that comment there which said the the service style is going to be or, or the service world is is still pretty what what was the world uh, what was the word um
2: Yeah, I think that's
1: used. Yeah, exactly. And um, there is a certain lack of skilled technicians. Yes, Um, depending on where you are, yeah, uh, that is larger, that lack or or smaller. And that's why there is a need to to somehow provide information to technicians, trainings, because we are in a world that changes faster. So there are new techniques, new products coming in, especially on the electronics side that you have controllers and so on. But you still need to have the basic refrigeration knowledge as well. And of course, there is a need for training. And hopefully we can, we as Danfoss can help there a bit with all the training material and all the white papers and so on that that are available.
2: Mm. yeah I think that that 's a good point, Yog to be honest, and as Meta has put in in the chat there 's a lot of old systems in stores you know money needed to upgrade upgrade um, techs are often still thrown into the fire, totally agree, and mm. um, older techs dominate the industry and are retiring and and that is a a very Let's say, keen topic of mine is to inspire the younger generation to actually come into this business, um, because it is a, a you know fantastic business. But getting that 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 trained person, the people who are, are good and mechanically minded, is a real challenge. Um, and you put there in the chat meta, I'm in the US. There are trade schools for AC, very little on refrigeration, heating, ventilating and air conditioning. You can find it through Danfoss, but you have to want it. Yeah, I think that's uh, very true. I mean, we have a lot of material available online and uh, maybe we can put some some links at the bottom of the chat of all the material that's available. A lot done by Jens. Um, But uh, yeah, I agree with that. So now, nah, come on, Jens.
0: Ah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a lot.
1: From own experience, just in case we have some younger people here who listen to that and wonder whether they show, should go to refrigeration. Yes, do it. Um, <laughs> the the reason why I'm saying that is, yeah, decades ago, just right after the dinosaurs died out, um, I've, I've did that as well. And of course, the question was, ah, is that going to be interesting? And it is far more interesting than I ever expected because there is so much going on. You have to know a little bit about electricity. You have to know about fluids you have to know about airflow temperatures um, all of that mechanics yeah and it's getting more and more important as you mentioned john mm. 17 to 20% of the global electricity is used for air conditioning
2: and refrigeration I mean, I mean that's that's quite a lot yeah yeah it's an interesting question and i wonder if there is another Application that actually uses a larger percentage of electricity than air conditioning and refrigeration globally. I'd be really interested to see if okay. there is another uh, function that that uses more power. Um, I often think about that because 20% or 17 to 20% is a is a huge amount. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, actually,
0: yeah. if if you're looking at storage like uh you know uh storage uh, uh rooms like uh for servers etc cetera, etc cetera. it's a huge amount of energy that is yeah well at least today wasted now a days or in the near future at least we know that they will be uh re uh purposing the uh the uh cooling energy from from uh Mm. server storages.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you see some of the server farms, they are yeah,
0: exactly, uh, server
2: farms. huge. Um, but again, something that was mentioned, I think it was yesterday, was saying, and I, and I mentioned it before, that the amount of energy that they actually use is, is getting less and less because A, they're getting very efficient, mm-hmm. but also because now they, they are so large that the smaller farms are being absorbed into the larger farms um, so the actual energy usage per amount of storage space is actually going down, something like that. Which mm. again it is uh, it is quite interesting, um, and that closes somewhat
1: the cycle where we where we started, because if you have such a large data center, a server farm that produces quite a lot of heat, you can throw it away that heat, mm. yes, or you use it for something else. And um, there, there was an interesting discussion, I think it was was today as well in in Cooling United where, where that was highlighted that you can use that energy to put it into a district heating system. And that requires one connection to that data center. And then the data center is really big source of, of heat of heat energy for a district heating network. And by the way, that is needed more and more because in in a lot of regions, there is the idea to get rid of fossil fuel power stations. But if you get rid of a coal-fired power station, for example, you all of a sudden miss that heat energy that came from the coal-fired power station as well that you might have put into a district heating network. And you need new heat sources and that's where where i'd like to come back to that point that was mentioned in cooling united yes heating is the new way for cooling
2: yeah that was a good uh, a good comment actually organ and really makes you think about how people use the systems um you know if if you think back or, or i think back to when i was on the tools um, you know, very, very rarely did I see any form of heat reclaim. Um, but nowadays, it is becoming more and more common, particularly on larger sites. Um, and it is, you know, fairly straightforward. Whereas, you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago or more, um, heat reclaim was yeah, almost unheard of. I can only think of, of one site that I know when I was on the tools that had any form of heat reclaim. Um, So, yeah, it's an interesting concept.
1: If you you look at supermarkets, which are new or pretty much rebuilt, Mm. a lot of these supermarkets do not have a boiler anymore Mm. to heat the supermarket. They really take the heat, (laughs) waste heat, I I hate that word, um, (laughs) but heat from the refrigeration system and put it back into heating the supermarket and depending on where you are I, I even know a store where they use that heat to to defrost the parking area guess what it's in the north yes yeah. um, <laughs> but but to keep that free <laughs> of of ice mm-hmm. so the, the, there are all these all these concepts which combine different technologies and then make it really attractive from a financial side as well because all of a sudden you have a heating system that is your cooling system Mm. and you need your cooling system anyway you add a heat exchanger or a heat recovery unit which is cheaper than in parallel building a complete
0: heating system Mm. it's a funny it's a funny thought that a frozen chicken is actually keeping you warm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that yeah. A chicken or egg? Jens? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. No, but uh, I think uh guys uh, we have been talking for now uh quite a while and uh oh, so long already. Yeah, yeah. Uh so maybe it's uh it's a good time to sort of uh wrap the thing up and say uh Thank you very much for listening in, all of you guys, and uh, especially for all your fantastic uh, comments, also from Louisiana, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, And, uh, (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you for tuning in, yes. uh, And I hope to see you again uh, someday, somewhere sometime uh, in uh, for hopefully the n- near future um, at least i'll I'll say thank you so much for for a, for you attending us uh three guys chatting along um any comments from uh, any of you two uh,
1: maybe one yeah because there's there's one further question from rana do you consider expanding the topic technically using heat for cooling sounds interesting well, uh, one idea might be to, to do a podcast session about that yeah. so that mm-hmm. you hear about this one. Or if if you want to have a direct contact, of course, feel free to, to contact local Danfoss stuff or contact us directly as well.
2: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And from my side, Jens, um, yeah, it's, it's good to chat. Thank you to everybody who is listening in and watching. I can see we've got 58 people watching us on uh, YouTube. So, uh, yeah, nice to have you. Hope it's been of interest. And, uh, yeah, same as Jörg, appreciate all the uh, all the good questions. And uh, a few people. Yanni. Jan says, already looking forward to the next session. So uh, thank you for that. Now the pressure's on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> thank good. you so much for listening. Yeah. Thank yep. you.